Hey, this is Romancing the Zone, a podcast about a podcast about boys playing tabletop games. I'm Brittany Bailey. I'm Ann Kern. And I'm Emily Cardamus. Let's roll. Ooh, it's a 19. That's Ooh. so good. Oh my gosh. Emily will always roll for us. Like, I will <laughs> call you in to roll for me the next time it's my turn because I have not been doing well. We're to that point. Yeah, I just get a phone call in the middle of the night, like, hey, can you roll a, a D20? And it's like, yeah, all right, okay. Right. Emily, I need you to do me a quick solid. Can you please roll me a D20 right now? I'm right in the middle of this fight with this dragon, and I just really need a good roll right now. I just really need it. Come on. And then it is. It's it's a 19, a 20, maybe an 18. I'll take any of them. I got to start, like, uh, shopping this service out, you know? Like, I got to start charging for this. <laughs> right. After me, though. Yes. No, of course. You get a friends and family. You get, like, a friends and family discount, you know? Perfect. I love that. Di- dial a D20. Ooh. Dial a D20 is very good. Just a minor convenience fee. Exactly. A minor inconvenience fee. There it is. <laughs> All right. Well, ladies, I can't believe that it's only been like a week since I've seen you. Yeah, that is Hasn't weird. even been that long. It's no, not it even hasn't. been that long. Oh, my God. Amazing. Yeah, I live in a world where time doesn't exist. So I was like, that was <laughs> how m- Yeah, no, that was only like less than a week ago, which is weird. Yeah. Right. Like, Almost five days ago? Six days ago? I don't know. What day is it? God only knows. (laughs) The sun came back to Barrow, though. This is exciting for me. I'm finally getting days again. That is exciting. Oh, that's great. This is why I have no idea what time it is. (laughs) I don't know what our excuse is. (laughs) You're in Florida. Well, (laughs) one of you's in Florida. One of us, who you may have noticed, Emily is here. Nell is not here. Maybe we'll talk about her. Maybe we won't. I don't know. This will be fun to edit. It's just like suddenly Emily's here. Hello. <laughs> and then we never discuss it again. <laughs> There's no explanation. Right. Post PodCon, everything changes. <laughs> what is this PodCon or puberty we're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it's basically the same thing. Voices change, new ideas happen, sexualities are discovered. It's great. I'm just like I'm just I'm the uh, I'm the hitchhiking ghost, but it's from PodCon, and I just like <laughs> come home with a random group of podcasters, and then I haunt your podcast. <laughs> I'm so excited about this. <laughs> I want someone to draw that because I'm not going to draw that. <laughs> oh no, you're going to go mad. With Maybe Nell can do it when she gets back. <laughs> oh yeah, finally you can demand the fan art. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Emily's turn now. Well, thanks for having me back on, though, because it's always fun to talk about Taz with y'all. So, thank you for being available whenever we need you. It's (laughs) super duper appreciated (laughs) and amazing. Knowing like you're you're pretty busy yourself. You've got your podcast. You've got. I'm running a podcon now. (laughs) You're running your own podcon. You do your uh, your comic strip. You have a job, I assume. Yes. <laughs> You've talked about it. <laughs> so the fact that you are here with us, it really, it, it is so nice. And thank you so much for making oh, the time course. for us. Yeah. No, anytime. Awesome. We'll need you next week at this same time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk about some hornets. <laughs> That sounds it sounds really ominous. Like if I'm you did not know right if in. you did not know that they were a biker gang, it just sounds like it's just time for some hornets. We're just gonna release some hornets yeah. in the podcast. It will be audio <laughs> hell. It's the uh it's the audio equivalent of the Cards Against Humanity card B. Yes. <laughs> I mean like be hornets. Like, <laughs> yes. Almost like a question mark in the middle then escalates into an exclamation mark. You started off like, are they the, oh God, it's true. Yeah. And then, yes. and then, yeah, audio hell. That's in fact pretty much what happens in this cold open that starts out kind of chill, then segues into a question mark and then, oh no, here comes the exclamation point. Mm-hmm. This may be my favorite cold open that we've had. And I really enjoy the cold open. So that is saying yeah. something. I definitely like forgot the 
and and this isn't this is just because like I was still stuck in the mm-hmm. like lunar interlude zone, so I like kind of like forgot that we started with a cold open every time. Yeah. So I was like, ooh, spooky music. <laughs> ooh, what's going on? Oh my god, people are dying. Like, <laughs> what podcast did I go into? <laughs> right. I mean, it was fun for me. It was exciting. <laughs> well, I'm really delighted. I already love Hollis. Like, I love them way back in the start when we were given barely enough just they're wearing a helmet and they're the leader and they're kind of quiet and really observant i was already like yes Mm -hmm. and the fact Mm -hmm. that one i am really delighted that we do have what seems to be a non-binary character represented because we do not Mm -hmm. see that a whole lot i feel like the only other time i've seen it is from um undertale when they had the ghost and now i can't remember Mm. i can't remember Mm. their name but they were very sweet they're a good ghost See, if Nell were here, she'd be, like, you know, covering all this stuff. Yeah, I'm searching my... I, I know it, and... Yeah. Yeah, I can't help you with anything related. Boosted. Are you talking about Napsta Blue? I think I am. I think that is who I'm talking okay, about. Okay, because that's, like, because... <laughs> that's it. Next part. Well, yeah, and we had... And we had, um... Oh, my God, now I'm not going to be able to remember their name oh. either. Roswell. Yes, um, from Balance, who is also non-binary, but still super cool to get mm-hmm. more characters like that, mm-hmm. right? That are people too, <laughs> instead of just like entities, entities, apparitions. You know, mm-hmm. now live well, human Hollis is a serious badass, right? Yeah, I mean, y- you know, this is like this super scary situation, and there's like bodies flying out the window and everything. And Hollis is like, "No, I'm gonna chase right? whoever's doing this. That is that is yeah. uh, some stone cold bravery right there." Right? Everyone else runs out. Hollis runs in. Move out of their way. And what a good leader! Seeing their people mm-hmm. just on the ground being held up, and yeah, going for the bat, chasing after it. Oh my gosh, my heart. I loved it. And where, so before all of this, where did we last leave Keith? Was he just in the infirmary? No, they, I think, I, well, he was getting fixed up in the infirmary mm-hmm. and then Aubrey let him go with the threat of, you tell anyone, I will mm-hmm. F you up. See, yeah, I don't remember you know. the letting go um, part. But that was the last we saw Keith. I don't remember them kicking yeah. him out of the yeah. out of the truck by the hospital. Like, you figure it out now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I think that was sort of that was sort of implied of like, all right, we stitch like <laughs> stitch you up, but also you tell anyone about this, mm-hmm. you're effed, yeah. and yep. well, <laughs> here Pin we are. Pin a twenty to his jacket and wish him the best of luck. Yeah, <laughs> but so now, yeah, Keith can't seem to catch a break. But that's what happens when you're a bit of a turd. So, <laughs> but yeah, we have we have this uh, creature, I guess, or or what is presumably the next abomination, basically just like busting into this dive bar um messing up a bunch of people like severely and then running back off into the woods uh outside of amnesty lodge so that's uh not good for a variety of reasons but oh my gosh and the the way it's set up we are to believe that they run right into the gate, I would yeah, assume. Yeah, it mm-hmm. seems like that's possible. Yeah. yeah, just disappears. Hollis stops hard. Whew, spooky. Very good. Good job, Griffin. Claws <laughs> all around. I, I do want to throw in the note that I did write down uh, that the Amnesty theme still slaps. <laughs> like, every time I forget, You're not like, wrong. I forget how good it is, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I love this. Like, it yeah. gets me so stoked every time it kicks in. Every time that, like, little bit of guitar kicks in over the end of the narration, I'm just like, oh, man, here yeah. it comes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it gets me pumped every single time. Uh, it never gets old. No, I agree with you. I feel I feel the same way very strongly about that the theme. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and also the incidental music. I mean, certainly, especially in the creepy scenes, the music has been a huge addition. I think to to those scenes, like Griffin has really yeah. um, upped his game in terms of like kind of experimenting with the sorts of sounds. Um, yeah, I'm I'm very I'm very interested in in his growth in that department, and it the atmosphere has really gone up a notch, I think, as a result. Absolutely. I would agree with that totally. I feel like the way he does it now, it's so much more subtle. Mm-hmm. 
which obviously I adored everything about Balance's music. Like I yeah. bought all of the al- albums. I don't know if that's what we call them. I bought all the soundtracks and listened to them nonstop, basically. And for this, this is less what I would like purchase to listen to and mm-hmm. just instead when it's playing for the show, I'm almost like, is that actually happening? Is my brain just conjuring yeah. up this music because that's how it should sound? But no, it's often Griffin just kind of sliding it in just enough mm-hmm. that it yeah. doesn't overwhelm. It balances amazingly and like, oh my God, talent. Yeah. Rude. Spread it around, boys. <laughs> <laughs> no, it really it really adds to the tension of these opening, mm-hmm. these cold opens that we get. Mm-hmm. Uh, that really makes it a lot more I mean the narration is already incredible but it really gives you that sense of uneasiness that yeah. uh, really has kind of it really helps you lean into the vibe that the whole the whole uh, arc has kind of been which is this like very sort of you, you know supernaturally kind of thing going on yeah um, which mm-hmm. which works out so well like it, it feels like I mean it feels like you're watching a movie except that you're listening to a podcast and there's no visuals but like you can picture it <laughs> and you can like right. picture the tension in like a in like a horror film yeah almost. Mm-hmm. and the, the other thing about the music is that you know the story has been kind of escalating like oh that you know the time has passed that we have that we have missed out on and it's been kind of building up to this monster, but in the meantime, they've been sort of off living their lives. So we get this little bit um, with all of the characters about what exactly they have been, you know, very briefly what they've been up to prior mm-hmm. prior to things going to hell again <laughs> in their lives. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have, I mean, we have Ned trying to, like, figure out what he's going to do with this moral dilemma of having to, is he going to steal this... Is it a piece of art or is it a statue uh, from Mama? I think it's a scu- it's a sculpture, yeah. Oh, it's a, okay. Which he plans on casing the joint in his very conspicuous vehicle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then we have Duck just trying to trying to live his life as a non magic boy now. Yeah. Uh, poor poor Duck. And then Audrey just trying to aggressively pretend that she doesn't live in a hotel. Um, <laughs> And, and, you know, and in the last episode, she got that, that new fancy magic knife, which I think she named Snitch. Mm-hmm. Yes. With four N's, which <laughs> I just a remarked and a upon. So and an A and a Y. Which, which I remarked upon because that has, that has pretty, uh, pretty heavy chunt with six T's energy. Oh, it <laughs> so. does. I didn't even think. I was like, this seems kind of familiar, but I can't figure out why. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that down immediately. I'm like, oh, there we go. There's my badger boy. But yeah, and then and then we jump into like spooky vision time, right? Yeah. So we we talked about this in the last episode of of um, this how they were going to handle this transition from Duck being the chosen to being the mundane because one of his major sort of character markers as mm-hmm. the chosen was these visions. And I think we kind of assumed that they were going to drop it. And I was very interested to hear Griffin imply heavily, even from the beginning, be like, you know, uh, his powers are diminished mm-hmm. as opposed to completely gone. And that we do, in fact, mm-hmm. have this vision, which which narratively Duck does not recognize as a vision, which I also love that he, of course, he would assume that he's not, you know, <laughs> right. psychic or whatever anymore, that this was just right. a weird dream that he had. But I, I am very mm-hmm. interested in this continuing to be included in the narrative i'm I'm into it i'm excited <laughs> when i'm wondering what kind of dreams he was having otherwise that would make this seem like oh par for the course it's kind of an uncomfortable <laughs> unfortunate situation yeah so the dream is he's hunched over leo's body who is not breathing mm-hmm. they're sitting in front of the radio telescope and it's pointed straight up and a beam of light shoots from the antenna into the sky mm-hmm. yeah which is some some weird stuff. I'm loving I'm yeah, loving right? this visual too. I don't know if you guys have ever been close to a radio telescope. They are very, very big. So they're huge. And, yeah, and sort of otherworldly. Like it's hard to describe, but you know, I mean, because obviously they're not necessarily visually that complicated. But something about mm-hmm. them being so large and knowing what they're for makes them seem like really mysterious and cool. Yeah. Mm. See, now I gotta get to one. I don't think we have any. <laughs> Certainly not in Barrow, sadly. No, there aren't a ton of them. 
Yeah, and then we just kind of, like, kick into it, don't we? Yeah, yeah, because we Pretty won't much. know for a while what's going to happen with this uh, this vision resulting from another bad roll. Right. Nothing good, God. but it'll be I, a while. I, I genuinely do love, like, I know we talked about, like, the narrative function of these uh, visions, but I really love... Mm-hmm how it mechanically functions mm-hmm. of like like i want to know like i, I actually want, really would want to dig into the mechanics of it and i think it's just because justin has always rolled bad when he has visions <laughs> so i don't know what happens when he gets like a good role like is it a good vision yeah. or is it just like right. you recognize it as a vin- yeah. vision? yeah well i mean that's that's mm-hmm. what um griffin was trying to clarify because justin was also asking i think justin and travis were also asking about that mm-hmm. and apparently the the general idea is that the visions could be narratively useful Mm -hmm. like you might see something like oh i'm gonna make a connection and figure out where this monster's den is or Mm. something or or what its weak spot might be so like he might have a vision of them destroying the abomination and then see oh okay this is what i need to do this so the flip side of it is, is that when he's rolling badly, it doesn't just mean that he's seeing something bad happening. It's causing something bad to happen sure. as far as Griffin's planning. So something that might not have happened at all is Could now happen. happening because his role was so bad. And some Ooh. of that is coming from Justin. It's not just bad luck, right? Because he was right. they were basing those vision roles off of his weird. And he intentionally, when he was the chosen, set his weird... Uh, lower than it could have been. Mm-hmm. So so I, I he also, kind of set himself up for that, too, which is not a criticism at all. I think no. it's fascinating, but... Mm-hmm. Well, that's the, that's the thing. I think that, I, I think it creates an interesting contrast between player knowledge and character knowledge. Mm-hmm. Because, like, Justin knows that Duck had a vision and that yes. this bad thing could happen. But then you have to play it off as, well, Duck thinks it's just a nightmare. Yeah. Like, so that's, it's a very interesting acting choice that you have to make of Uh like, because there could be a situation where you start to, you as the player start to recognize, oh, this thing that happened in that vision is starting to happen. But Mm -hmm. Duck wouldn't recognize that because he just thought it was a nightmare. So that's, so so Mm -hmm. the thing's going to happen. And it's, it's such like an interesting meta game. Oh, I love it. It is. (laughs) It gets me so excited. I'm very excited to see where this goes narratively because at some point, we know this thing is going to happen and right. Duck's going to have to reconcile what that means that he, he to go from, I have powers. I'm kind of accepting that I have powers. Oops. I have no powers. I'm kind of accepting that I have no powers. Wait a minute. I'm still having visions, which right. is um, <laughs> definitely quite a roller coaster for his character to go through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. kernel of power just sitting there. I, I feel like I should point out that, Oh, poor, Poor Leo, though. Uh, seriously, <laughs> I do feel bad about it already. Nothing's happened yet, and I already, I'm already concerned. But, mm-hmm. uh, but I am also really interested in the fact that I'm concerned. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> the conflict Jason's of an audience member. About minor characters. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're so quick to love them. <laughs> Speaking of minor characters, I love. I don't know if he's minor, really, but Barkley made pancakes. He did. I don't know why I'm, I'm so charmed by this. It is really sweet. House full of pancakes. Everybody. I think because they're easy to make, Mm -hmm. but they're just, it's it's a wonderful thing to eat. It's always good. And yeah, everyone, everyone come and have pancakes. We're all here. I I really enjoy, I really enjoy the visual of Barclay just like, because clearly he's stressed (laughs) out. Clearly this whole, like this entire thing, the the mood in Amnesty Lodge isn't great. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I, I just, picture like six in the morning like Barkley like stress baking <laughs> and like making stress breakfast basically. That is exactly what happened. He has like seven different kinds of pancakes too. Like you've got yeah. strawberry. You've got of course your uh, chocolate chip. Uh, banana pancakes. Defo. Mm-hmm. Blueberry. Yeah, he's got blueberry of course. A whole tray of gluten free mm-hmm. for those special gluten free people. Wink. Who show up at his place. Absolutely. And I just imagine like Aubrey coming down and being like, "Man, you this is like the third time this week you've made. We can't eat all these pancakes, man." And then, but he's just it's all it's all he knows how to do. It's is just stress bake. Just stress bake. Everyone in the lodge is putting on like ten pounds. <laughs> it's winter. It's, like it's it's what happens. It's fine. They're a little rolly. It's great. <laughs> But then we have uh, Deputy Dewey and Sheriff Owens just kind of, like, roll up uh, into the lodge. 
because of what happened at the bar last night and the direction in which everything occurred, which was towards the lodge. Um, and of course, everyone trying to kind of provide alibis mm-hmm. when they really don't need alibis. Right. Uh, but how... But it gives us another great scene of Duck being unable to lie, uh, which always, always is so good. It is. But I did love, I really, I really enjoyed the fact that, that Aubrey kind of like swooped in to like kind of intervene and help him out. And I just like, all friendship. I love it. Admittedly, they are all terrible liars. I don't know how, (laughs) I don't know how the three, they're all so people who are investigating spooky mysteries and trying to do it on the DL, such bad liars. Well, and especially with, like, the the one who was a professional con mm-hmm. man is, like, probably, I mean, like, Duck is, like, ultimate bad at lying. But Ned, like, more often than not, Ned's just like, yeah, we're doing that thing. <laughs> like, I feel like Ned just likes to go too grand with it. Mm. Like, Ned thinks yes. he's so good. He's like, I'm going to yeah. do this. I'm going to push <laughs> it. And you're still going to believe me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't always happen. Although, to his credit, like, he managed to lie so well. I guess it's like it's multiple <laughs> levels because because he lies about um, the the fact that they were or hypothetically we thought was lying about them doing a, a Mecha Godzilla puppet show, which I would like to just sign up for right now. I would really like to do that. <laughs> I'm super into that. But um, he's lying about his late night horror puppet show. We thought, but then. They can't tell if Ned is lying, if Ned is telling the truth, or if their dad is lying. Like, they don't even know yeah. where this is coming from. Like, who's telling the truth? The the layers of, like, character relationship and person yes. relationship are just collapsing in on themselves. <laughs> which I, I love. It's the black hole of lies. I did... I was confused with this. So... For we're gonna sidebar right now to talk about Saturday Night Dead. They show movies. This is not a real thing, but I'm mm-hmm. very concerned about it. They show the movies, right? Yes. They're not just like acting the out the movies. No, he- so in like no, a, they a show community the- theater kind of way. You have obviously never seen Spengooly. <laughs> I have no idea what that is. I live in Barrow, uh, Alaska. I don't have TV. So, Spengooly is a um a, a pillar of the Chicago cable access community um who is a he does basically this show and i think there were probably some other reference points but i'm wondering if maybe clint knew who he was and that was part of where it came from so svengoolie every saturday night would show a bad movie but then they kind of do skits like in between when they do the ad breaks that are usually Mm -hmm. related to the movie and and he's he's all dressed up like kind of like an undertaker i guess a sort of the look that they're going for, he's got this like black and white kind of kiss style makeup. It's it's all it's very camp, um, but it but it is a, an existing thing. So Saturday Night Dead okay. basically exists. Gotcha. Well, wasn't and wasn't like that the same? Wasn't that the same shtick as like Elvira? Yeah, like yeah. That sort Elvira's of thing was pretty was similar. Like, okay. Yeah. So it's like it's like MST3K, but without the riffing yes. on the movie. Oh my god, Emily, are you reading my notes? Because that is exactly no. what I have no, written but I down. Also... Is Saturday Night Dead essentially MST3K without the riffing? <laughs> Get out of my computer. Oh my God. <laughs> We're on the same wavelength. <laughs> but yeah, then they go and they search. Though I did, I really enjoyed the, the like all of them turning the question of like oh we're going to like kind of scope out the the lodge and all of them being like but do you have mm-hmm. the award or whatever and and griffin <laughs> being like yeah. i don't know how this works like <laughs> <laughs> that was that was delightful i do i do like it when sometimes the dm is like i don't know <laughs> just going to do it sure why not but yeah, it was it was pretty for the most part very uneventful. Uh, they basically stopped. Uh, I think it mm-hmm. was Deputy Dewey from going downstairs. Uh, but though I did enjoy yeah. the PlayStation comment of like y'all got Tomba. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. What is Tom? What is Tomba? Uh, I don't know what this is. So I think is that the one with the little drum? I think so. So uh, see now I'm gonna have to. It's gonna bug me if I don't look it up. I'm so sorry, everybody. <laughs> It looks like a little caveman. 
Oh, see, I was thinking I was thinking of an entirely different game on the Dreamcast. I was thinking of Samba, which is a monkey <laughs> oh, okay. with, like, maracas. Yeah. Wrong game. Yeah, no, I know which game Dreamcast <laughs> game you mean. I do know which Dreamcast game you mean. Wrong game. This is not important. This is not. I, I asked this question as if it was relevant what game he thought yes. was in the basement when they told him that there was mold that would attack his genitals. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, no, hang on. I want to focus on this detail and not anything about the plot that's actually important. Well, and it's much much like how Justin is like, why are we having this conversation? What are we doing? Oh my god. We have also fallen into a hole of of, of uh, inconsequential information. They invited us into the basement and we said this. <laughs> Green mold be damned. But I, I, I did get, like, a little uh, sad because I, like, totally forgot that Jake used to be a hornet and they, like, kicked him out. Yeah. So, like, mm-hmm. him being all, like, sad and mopey yeah. in the lobby got me very, you know, got me very emotional. Poor yeah, guy. poor guy. And I, I did also very much, like, Duck trying to be sarcastic and give him a hard time about it and then <laughs> accidentally being sincere. Yes. <laughs> but for, fortunately, fortunately, they do not in fact, force Jake to investigate the murder of his ex-friends, no. which would be kind of socially awkward, it seems like, um, just on, on a number of levels. So they, yeah. they go off to this dive bar, which I'm currently not remembering the name of. Uh, no, but it's oh, on the shady, it's got on the shady side it's of town. It's called The Little Dipper. The li- yes, on. that's a good name. The dive bar is called The Little Dipper, which exists in Anchorage. As they're talking about, I was like, really? on. Oh. oh, for sure. Of course is it, it a dive bar? It is actually a greasy spoon, so okay. it's more of just like a normal diner. But yeah. it's it's ancient. Like I think it's been around longer than uh, Alaska's been a state. Wow! Okay. Don't quote me on this, especially <laughs> our dear listener who's from Anchorage and is probably calling me out right now. Please direct all complaints on Twitter to <laughs> Nell Bailey. <laughs> But so they do end up going to the Little Dipper, a.k.a. the Hornet's Nest, and it is covered mm-hmm. in blood, which is terrifying. And there's a couple of hornets hanging outside, and yep. they're smoking, much like they were the night of the event. It's their coping mechanism. Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, we have Duck going inside to uh, kind of investigate the interior. Um <laughs> Mm-hmm. Which which led to him being uh, the the detective who Griffin had to make up on the spot <laughs> because Justin asked yes. uh, her her name, uh, but then just Duck saying like, "Oh, he's a badged professional." <laughs> um. I'm gonna start saying that from now on. I'm a licensed professional. Doesn't matter in what. I yeah. do have a license to do something. Yeah, you do wonder how many people would would follow up with in what <laughs> or yeah. of what. Uh, but no, she was just like, sure, whatever, good enough for me. Um, and we and we we find out the very important detail that the uh, the people who did survive the attack uh, were basically uh, like chomped down on like on the neck, which is pretty specific, yes. like a little yes. dude snack. <laughs> super vampy definitely and then (laughs) sorry i just i couldn't remember the context of this but i because i just wrote down right on back to chicago in my notes and there's that very long (laughs) i was trying to fix it in when you were talking about scamboli or whoever that was like well not all of us can just go right on back to chicago (laughs) joke that doesn't exist yet i'm the context of this show i'm making that happen (laughs) Just mentally edit that back in <laughs> to the past that that joke was made. Yeah, I, I do like that Chicago like randomly oh became gosh. some sort of complicated runner <laughs> that was not of unclear meaning, but but I still enjoy <laughs> it. But also a well-known idiom that just everyone knows. Yeah. Yes, every, everybody yes. knows that. Because, totally because later thing. on, I think Audrey make, Aubrey makes the comment, we don't need to jump to Chicago. And I'm just... I'm oh, yes. don't. <laughs> I want um, it to become a thing. I'm hoping. I'm hoping it doesn't die with this episode. We can episode. make it a thing. <laughs> yeah. And we'll all just be able to, you know, head on back to Chicago. <laughs> I feel like most people have lived in Chicago at some point in their lives, correct? I don't know about most people. There's certainly a lot of people who have lived in Chicago at some point. It is a big city. Chicago, Chicago adjacent. A suburb My- of Chicago. 
my only thing is that, like, when you're in Chicago, then where do you go back to? You can't go back to Chicago. You are in Chicago. Then you go back oh, to no. Chicago Street. It's inescapable at that point. Ah, uh-huh. there you go. <laughs> you just have to get more specific about it. You just got to dial it in. That's it. You have to go see the band Chicago. <laughs> yes, yes. There you go. Are they still alive? Are okay. they still alive? Yes, they're still alive. <laughs> so, they're still alive. No, they were Look, murdered. Most, I think maybe, uh, I think maybe one of the members has passed away, but yeah, I believe okay, they're still two. Yeah, I was just momentarily <laughs> worried, you know. I hope I'm right about this. This is going to be very upsetting if I'm not. But. Um, uh, don't add us. But yeah, and then, but uh, spe- speaking of Aubrey, so she goes up and talks to the hornets that are hanging out outside of the bar. Um, and passes herself off as a grief counselor. Which is amazing. The way the way Travis plays that is so good. The way he oh. and Griffin play off of each other, yeah. I think is one of my favorite moments of the show, besides all of the head on back to Chicago yeah. references. Mm-hmm. It's so good that she's like, you know, just trying to be, a, I want to be a friend. It's like, well, I got friends. She's like, fine, I'm a grief counselor. Like, this is yeah. fine, let's I, I keep really... going. I, I really love how Aubrey has developed in terms of her personality and in terms of, like, mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. Travis can, like, like his acting with her. Because, like, I, you yeah. know, I think I was momentarily worried right from the get like Like, this is going way, way back to, like, you know, when we were in the experimental arcs of, like, oh, Aubrey's just going to be a similar archetype to Magnus. And she's not at all. But, like, yeah. also oh, she's no. got, like, such an incredible, like, attitude that... Uh, that comes out in like amazing ways like this. And I just, Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it so much. (laughs) Yeah. Then she, what she says, I mean, like, I know that, that initially it's sort of like, ha ha. Nobody's ever going to believe she's a, she's a grief counselor, but what she says, I suspect that Travis heard from someone Mm -hmm. at some point because it was like too specific and too on point Mm -hmm. and too elegant. I think as a thing to say like there was that that moment of of realness and i think it was very believable that maybe you know this is something that that aubrey has dealt with Definitely. for sure That's so what I was it makes say. sense that she would it makes sense that she might lean on something that someone might have said mm-hmm. to her in the past in this situation because right. i think that's that's the um that's the hat you pull things out of right when you need to uh when you need to deceive somebody else in such a specific way mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I definitely yeah, we, see that. But I also loved Griffin talking to himself. Tim, Tim and oh Bevan my gosh. Are, are my, I kind of want I them to have their Tim own spinoff now. Like, I love them. I was I was <laughs> genuinely, like, I had to go back to make sure it wasn't Justin playing as one of them. Or just that back and forth was so <laughs> seamless. It really felt like two mm-hmm. different people yeah. talking. And I was blown away. It really was. Also, Tim sounds like Jerry. Lil' Jerry, and I miss him. <laughs> uh, but we do get the the other important detail. Um, I can't remember I can't remember which one of them says it, but basically that um, a blonde woman entered the bar uh, last night and then shit mm-hmm. went down and uh, she basically transformed and Aubrey hears that and doesn't take that information well because nope clearly there's one person that fits that description mm-hmm. now i didn't know yeah do they get bigger i thought they just kind of changed their face shapes and whatnot i didn't think that like because bevan said she went from being tim sized to bevan sized and yeah pulled <laughs> yeah. a transformer move. we didn't we didn't know that no bevan said that yeah i don't I don't. Well, no, no. I'm saying that had not come yeah. up before as like vampire gotcha. lore, but we really don't know much about it um, because we've we've really learned so little uh, at this point. It just hasn't come mm-hmm. up that much with um, with Danny so far. Well, so I will argue we don't know for sure whether this is normal or that not. At the very beginning, very, very, very beginning, when they do see everyone mm. transform, that's not mentioned, and it might be that it just wasn't mentioned because mm. you know, hey the story continues and things happen but mm-hmm. also i do know that yeah it yeah. was just that her teeth grew her eyes went orange but that was mm. basically yeah. it. like she still looked like danny 
Yeah. Well, but we also don't know. I mean, this whatever this behavior is, is atypical for whatever creature mm-hmm. it is. So so we don't know whether that, that is potentially like a normal feature of whatever the abomination was prior to being an abomination or whether that is a feature of it being... What are we calling this? Cursed, maybe? Is that... Is that a legitimate... Whatever it is that happens to creatures that causes them to become abominations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I found it very interesting. And, and and this might be me jumping to conclusions way before we had enough information. But the fact that in the previous mm. hunt, we had creatures or abominations or whatever you want to call them. Because they, they had some kind of... Not humanity, but because they're not humans. But eh, you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. In them. Uh, but they were basically Sil- you know Sylvanians that uh, looked like Vincent and now we're getting a creature that if it's not Danny hopefully it's not Danny because mm, uh, but is pretty similar <laughs> like is the same type of creature potentially in yeah. Danny so there's there seems mm-hmm. to be some kind of like you know I don't know again I don't maybe I'm just like pinning I'm pinning the red thread where I shouldn't yet but no that's what we yeah. do remember when I thought someone was a murderer <laughs> And I still kind of think she's a murderer. <laughs> it don't stop. You really got to stop accusing <laughs> me of murder. I can't, and I I know too much. But yeah, we we don't. I think we don't have enough no. information because certainly the the goat creatures that were like Vincent were in other ways very right. unlike Vincent. So it's almost like somebody taking bad notes. Right, on, on what these Sylvanian <laughs> creatures are like. So we don't sure. really know what the process is. I feel is. called out right now. <laughs> well, I was going to say, like, like a divergent evolution sort of thing, too. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But it, it, it struck me as very interesting. Um, and then what also struck me as mm-hmm. extremely interesting was that Ned, while he's just completely slacking off... Um, <laughs> <laughs> taken a taken as I think Griffin called it a slim gym break. Um, yeah, just slam it into a slim gym in the woods. And he called it a raccoon. It a raccoon. Griffin used the phrase "you absolute raccoon," which. <laughs> Thank you. It was so it good. Was such venom behind it. <laughs> you absolute raccoon, because he's having at his garbage, his dumpster slam yes. gym. <laughs> um, but he sees a. Uh, he rolls to investigate, uh, fails, which means so mm-hmm. Griffin takes a hard move, and sees what appears to be a faint string of light and a rift that opens up with an eyeball, um, and then it's gone. I love a good rift with an eyeball in it. Right? Say very bleach, yeah. very torchwood. <laughs> Just, you know, tear that hole in the sky and shove your eye in, see what's going on on this side. What? Well, I mean, that's what I'd do if there was a rift. I'd definitely... Get up in there, see what was going on. <laughs> you know, just like cash, just totally what's up. Hey, what's going on, guys? I love that that's first thought. Yeah, what's going on over here? Hey. Put your eye right into it. See all the nightmarish hell. Okay. You guys got a party tray? Sew that back up real quick. And see, versus, versus me, who's going like, hmm, a rift behind a food establishment? How interesting. <laughs> <laughs> this is just where my brain lives, y'all. Like, it's just how it is. Yeah, that's that's weird, say. though, right? Super weird. It's spooky. Definitely. Yeah, something to remember. Uh, my favorite other part of that is that Ned rolled a three, a three or a four. Mm-hmm. I think it was a four and then went to a three or mm-hmm. either way. It was a terrible roll, which fell perfectly into narrative of him just being like, mm, there's nothing I can do. Yeah. So just sit back and chow on the Slim Jim. Oh, what's that? A rift? And then doesn't really tell anybody about it until like halfway through the next conversation. Which you'd think you see that. That's the first thing you do is you run and find your friends. We're like, oh, my God, you guys forget talking to Detective Megan. Let's get back to Chicago. I got to show you about a rift. (laughs) Well, it is. I mean, you know, it is kind of a difficult segue, right, from from a conversation to just be like, I saw a tear in the air with an eyeball behind it. Like, this is not this is I mean, how would you bring that up in casual conversation? (laughs) I you can't because it's not casual. (laughs) 
<laughs> and we're living with a world with like a reality altering tree stuff. Like that's there true. is no normal. <laughs> there is no casual conversation. Well, maybe he was, maybe he was still finishing that Slim Jim because didn't he say it was one of the like potentially one of right. the big ones? Which was he just carrying that with him? You can't hide that. You just <laughs> was it like is was it acting as his walking stick? It's in. It's yes. a hollow walking stick, and inside is just a bunch of three foot slim jims. I su- that's, that's canon. canon I support that. Someone tell Clint. <laughs> oh, sidebar: Is Slim Jim the one that has the whole messing with Sasquatch thing, or is that another one? Uh, isn't that's that like Jack, Animal Jack's Jacks? Or, there we go. I think Thank it's Jack's Link. Never not, mind. Not Slim Jim. Although I think Slim Jim also had a campaign about being in the woods and getting messed with by, like, woodland animals or something. Wasn't there? Didn't they have a thing about, like, the noise of the Slim Jim or something? And then, like, forest animals came running. I feel like they also did a woods thing at some point. But I I do not remember a whole lot of beef jerky ad campaigns, apparently. (laughs) I remember a lot of them. Not my area. Slim Jim! And it's it's Macho Man. Macho Man. That's I don't remember his name, but that's fine. This will all probably get cut anyway. Yes. Randy Savage. Macho Man Randy Savage. Randy Savage. That's yeah. it. Macho Man Randy Savage. Thank you. That was the one thing I know about wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they re they reconvene with, with Jake to follow up on what he found out at the hospital, which was mm-hmm. not a whole lot. Like some of them are gonna live, it sounds like, but Nobody really has any additional information mm-hmm. uh, in particular, and and besides confirming what they already know, and he's fairly emotional, tra- emotionally traumatized, and is going to go listen to some Kenny G in the hot tub, <laughs> which is legitimate, I think, at this point sweet in his life. Baby bunny boy, right? You you take a nap, our sweet Jake Cool Ice. Not in this. Uh, not no, in the that's hot dangerous. tub. That's dangerous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go get yourself a nice hot tub. Go get yourself a soak. Then get yourself upstairs, put on your fuzziest pajamas, and take a nap. <laughs> Feel better, sweet bunny. But yeah, but then we kind of just get everyone sort of saying what's what's been on our minds, which is, who is this? And is, is it Danny? Danny a murderer? Um, oh. <laughs> yeah, well, not everybody has come to this conclusion yet, though, because Aubrey is keeping the detail of this person being blonde a secret so sure. mm-hmm. but barclay was already on yeah. the same track and has also concluded that this is a significant possibility or at least one that they mm-hmm. have to consider but before anything can really happen in that regard there is a commotion outside and <gasps> it's the hornets and it's hollis <gasps> arriving extremely yes. dramatically so- so in formation with all their lights on in the dark. Oh my god! And Keith, who is Y'all... particularly uh, beat the hell up. Mm-hmm. Oh, see now I now I care about Keith. Now I don't want <laughs> Keith to get hurt anymore. He's had a rough life. I care about Keith, but also Keith did the one thing that he wasn't supposed to do, which is mm-hmm. tell yes. everybody about the Pine Guard, or maybe not the Pine Guard by name, but just like whatever they end up doing, which is stopping these mm-hmm. abominations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The monster hunting mm-hmm. division yeah. of Kepler. Admittedly, admittedly, Hollis was already on to yes. them. Because based on true. the last time we saw them and the other times we saw them, they were already suspicious that something mm-hmm. was going on. And admittedly, in such a small town, yeah. it's a little surprising that only Hollis <laughs> figured out something weird was happening. It's such a in such a small mm-hmm. town where this has been going on for so long, it's surprising that this hasn't mm-hmm. happened sooner. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people are busy with their I lives, guess. I think. And... There's a lot going on. There's good stuff on TV that they're they're trying to binge some stuff on Netflix. Uh, they just don't have a lot of time to be worried about why the Pizza Hut <laughs> sign collapsed in the middle of yeah. town for no reason. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole thing did coincide with the town getting cable, I believe. Oh. Like when cable went in, like widespread. Sure. That's about 1988. <laughs> so it makes sense. I'm with Anne's headcanon. 
<laughs> they're like, man, there's this thing tromping around outside, but look what's happening on the telly. Man, I could, there's reruns of Buffy <laughs> on. Like. Reruns of Buffy, some Mr. Belvedere. Good stuff. Uh, but yeah, but we get Hollis basically uh, giving an ultimatum. Not only an ultimatum, more of just a decision mm-hmm. to uh, the Pine Guard. More, yeah, more of just a directive. Yeah, of, they are yeah. the leader of all. As far as they're mm-hmm. concerned, I think like they're like I lead this group and I lead you guys and I'll lead those people over there and everyone just listen to me when I say we right. got this. And, he... and I would have been like, yeah, okay. <laughs> well, and he's <laughs> I'm fine with this decision. And he specifically uses the phrase "you are relieved of duty," which is pretty much like y'all haven't been doing this really good, so we're gonna do it now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, their people got mm-hmm. killed. They're mm. not happy about this. Like, which, again, great leadership. Hollis yeah. for president. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is obviously a, a significant escalation of what's been going on with these abominations because they didn't have any mm-hmm. warning this time. There was no provocation. There were a lot of people who were injured or killed. So this is this is way worse than any of the other issues right. that they've had in the past. And they really, they had no idea. I mean, they were just sort of sitting on their hands waiting for something to happen. So as far as being ahead of things so that you can actually protect people, maybe they're not really quite on their game. So I, I kind of am on Hollis's side mm-hmm. a little bit here that they obviously, if they had been more proactive, maybe this wouldn't have happened. Right. Well, you definitely can't blame Hollis or fault them for reacting this way. Yeah. So yeah. they're not the enemy. And you wonder how they're going to respond. You wonder how they're going to take it in the next episode. Because honestly, I mean, none of them are completely 100% into this, right? I mean, they all have had some hesitation about doing it. And um, Mm -hmm. certainly Doc is probably pretty sure that he's not really that qualified to be doing what he's doing. (laughs) So somebody, you know, confronting confronting him in this way, I I wonder how he's going to take it. Mm -hmm. Or whether he might just be like, well, if if you're in charge, does that mean I can have a leather jacket? (laughs) Ooh, yeah. Um, (laughs) <laughs> so here's the thing, though, now. Duck might not have magic powers anymore, but he does have a skateboard. Mm. <gasps> <laughs> does does skateboard... I mean, does does motorcycle trump skateboard, though? Hmm. Like, coolness-wise. How good are you at the skateboard? Hmm. Good point. <laughs> How many sick tricks can you do on the sick skateboard? Like, if you're, if you're Tony Hawk out there... Yeah, how cool is your leather jacket Ooh, for your motorcycle? What if you got a leather jacket for your skateboard? Hmm. I feel like that might look like you okay. were trying to. <laughs> that's too. That's too far. <laughs> take it back. Take it back. Like you can do a hat. You can do some cool sneakers mm-hmm. with the skateboard, but I don't know if you can also throw a leather okay, jacket. Okay. What? If, in what there. about what? Like what about like a cool retro windbreaker? Like, do we have to just lean into the different mm. aesthetic? Maybe that's the key. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think yeah. you could do a windbreaker. I think otherwise you're doing the uh, uh, "What's up, fellow teens?" Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. right there. Like if you if you throw the, the leather jacket. In. I believe in I believe in Duck Newton and his skateboard. <laughs> also, can can one of us like or someone else redraw that gift? <laughs> Please as with his skateboard. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I feel like we can make this happen. Our powers combined. Somehow. We got this. But yeah, that's that's the episode. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, you don't know what's going to happen. Gosh, I know what's <laughs> going to happen. Duck's going to become a bike bitch. And Aubrey <laughs> and Hollis are going to fight over dominance. And then they're going to like shake hands and realize together we are more powerful than ever we were before <laughs> and they are going to take down this abomination that's gonna be great and ned's there too <laughs> he's eating a slim jim I he went back to chicago <laughs> <laughs> gotta take care of chicago there's a lot of stuff happening there was there anything anybody wanted to talk about that we did not discuss real quick i don't think so uh shout out to travis for the sweet life of zach and cody joke i did enjoy that that was very good. <laughs> Shout out to Travis for the way he said uh, papa. That made me laugh multiple times. 
That was also very good. All right. What did you like about Travis, Emily? <laughs> um, I'm just going to shout out Travis for just being Travis. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> thank Travis oh, for Travis. It? Yes, I want to thank Travis for Travis. He's always a delight. <laughs> Uh, I wanted to briefly bring up the uh, the mechanical detail that we learned about the mundane, which is that they get experience every time they go somewhere scary alone, and I would really like to get in on that. <laughs> Just in my real life. <laughs> I, I do want to very briefly uh, circle all the way back to the intro where uh, we very briefly talked about Kirby, who's apparently hmm. making like a Bigfoot indie flick at this point because we just haven't talked about him so we just assume he keeps working on this Bigfoot film and I like to think at this point it's become this like very poignant like beautifully shot it's like a, like, it's like a Bigfoot rom-com but like an indie rom-com you know like where it's kind of like not a 500 days of summer situation because that movie's gross but like same oeuvre of, of yeah, you know yeah. film like kind of Wes Anderson y maybe. Yeah, yes, that's exactly what I'm going for. Oh man, now I kinda wanna see that movie. <laughs> I would watch that. It's the Wes Anderson Bigfoot. It's the Grand Bigfoot Hotel. That's what Amnesty is. <laughs> Isn't that just Amnesty Lodge? <laughs> that's it, it's Amnesty Lodge. <laughs> Barclay's watching, he's like, wait a minute. This seems very familiar. <laughs> <laughs> so it's poll time! Ba, 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 da, ba. Last time we asked you, which character in the blue collar comedy campaign would you choose to play? And the ultimate winner with 34% of the votes was Larry the Fable Guy, which, fair, that is an incredible name. Although I will say, it is. probably is my least good. favorite of the blue collar gentlemen. Mm. But they're all great. Yeah, it was interesting to see whether whether that was going to go to favorite comedian of the of the options or best name. And I don't and know. I think I think it might have gone to best name. It but who could knows? be both. He's very popular. Well, congratulations, mm-hmm. Larry the Fable Guy. You have a wonderful following. This week, we want to ask you what food adjacent trash you would most likely eat. We'll have that poll up over on Twitter at Romancing Zone. And thank you so much to our special guest host Emily. If you want to go ahead and plug some things you don't have to plug the show that i'm on with you <laughs> no thank you so much for having me on it's always a blast uh you can listen to the podcast i do with ann called guilty treasures uh which is an interview show with guests and we talk about like secret passions and i also do a comic called steamed veggies which you can find uh on the internet at steamed veggies.artfulhypothesis.com that's a mouthful and i'm sorry <laughs> Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Corrupted Gem, where I, I make dumb jokes about stuff. But, yeah. Thanks, thanks as always, because this is always a really good time, and I love it, and I love you guys. Aw, we love you too! And we love all of our listeners, and mad shout-outs to those we got to meet at PodCon. It was rad as hell to actually see some of the faces and dope outfits of our listeners. And I think that's going to do it for us. As always, thank you so much for listening. And until next time... I'm Brittany Bailey. I'm Ann Kern. And I'm Emily Cardamus. And we've been Romancing the Zone. Romancing the Zone.